What's up, everyone? Welcome to Survive Podcast. My name is Mary, and I'm here with my other host, Melody. Thank you so much for tuning into episode four. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Mary and I are really excited to record another episode for you all. Um. Anyways, how was your weekend? Um. It was good. I mean, it's been a long weekend, mm-hmm. three day weekend, so that's been nice. And I'm gonna have a three day week, so I'm excited about that already. I mean, it's been good. Just good weather, spending time with family. Not much, but it's always nice to have a little bit longer break. How about you? It's been good. Just having a relaxing weekend, and I'm just really excited to record this podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month as well, the month of May. And so we did receive questions from people for advice. Yeah, kind of with this month, it's just, you know, this is kind of a main or important topic that me and Mel, we talk about yearly. I mean, and it's important just to let each other know that it is okay to not be okay. And also just to ask for help if you need to. So starting off with the first question here, what are some issues you have seen regarding to mental health in the Asian and Hmong community? And why do you think it is such a taboo subject in the Asian community? I think it is such a taboo subject in the Asian community because I feel like these conversations are not talked about enough in the Asian community and, you know, specifically in our own community as well. I feel like it has a lot to do with, you know, traditional and cultural values within um, a lot of um, our Asian communities, like having the expectation on yourself that you're responsible to take care of you know your your family or of someone and so having to be that strong person right so then since you have this responsibility or feel like you always have to be the strong person um you can't talk about your emotions your feelings because if you do then it's kind of like a sign of weakness like oh like you can't actually provide for your family you can't protect them and it also goes back to i feel like reputation you know a lot of like asian people they really care about their reputation and that goes back to looking like you are very strong and you have your shit all together you know when you actually don't and so i feel like that's part of it too yeah and i mean we we've talked about this it's this stigma of like it's not about you it's about the whole community so Mm -hmm. when you are maybe going through some things it's like you're letting the whole group down Mm -hmm. you know it's not really about you and i think that's hard because mental health is about putting yourself first and that is probably a big struggle of just like when you're going through something you don't think about yourself you think about the whole community and when you are maybe let's say going through something it's you're looked upon as crazy and so then there's that shame and embarrassment and so a lot of people struggle in silence yeah that that shame and guilt is a huge thing you know like <laughs> like a lot of people especially in the asian community like they don't ever want to be like shamed or feel guilty for anything and your shame not by just one person it's by the whole group yes. and so that's totally different too right mm-hmm. it's like now i do feel like i'm crazy mm-hmm. right yeah because like for some reason within our older generation they just love a lot of them enjoy gossip or just like always spreading the word around and so it's like they know that if something goes wrong with you everyone else in the community is going to know this random person that you don't even freaking know is gonna know about your issues and I so mean, that's hard because mm-hmm people come up to you and you're like i don't know you and they're like well i've heard your story and you're just like uh what who the fuck are you yeah (laughs) and i think that's hard because it's like 
when you have people you love that are you know looking down upon you already and then to have strangers too that makes it even harder because now you're like who do i trust to even talk about how i feel it makes you shut down more it makes you feel like yeah i can't talk about how i feel Mm -hmm. like you're alone and then it because of that situation it kind of justifies your negative thoughts already of saying like this is why i should have never spoken about my problems but no it's because they were the wrong people you know and it was just unfortunate in that situation but it shouldn't be the the continuous mindset that goes forward and um i also feel like it's such a taboo subject as well like just mental health and everything because like i see this a lot with like you know friends my age and people in the moan community they compare their struggles with their parents like i i see like a lot of friends who are always like talking about how much their parents have sacrificed for them to come to america you know seeking refuge to have a better life for them and then it's just kind of had this like narrative where it's like their parents experiences are far more important and they have struggled more and sacrificed more than you did and so whatever you go through you can't compare it to anything else because like of what your parents have gone through you know like undermining your struggles because you think that others have it worse yes you know and that's it just sucks because i see that a lot it's kind of like well i mean i shouldn't feel like this because my parents went through worse or other people have gone through worse you know and um i should just keep my my feelings inside and not talk about it no that's very very true on how that works and sometimes it's also just like the older generation not understanding that too so they put it on us and they say hey i took care of you i've done all this stuff and they guilt you into Mm -hmm. it right and then you feel feel this guilt of like they worked this hard so i can't complain i feel like within the asian community I feel like a lot of like religion and spiritual beliefs can get in the way of like mental health as well, you know, because I feel like um, I'm not speaking for everyone and I'm not saying like your religion or what you believe in is like is what the, the main thing that causes mental health not to be talked about. But I feel like in a way it can be because when something goes wrong with you, some people end up just saying like, oh, let's do like a ritual for you. Um, Let's just pray. Like, you know, why don't you just read the Bible or why don't you just like do other things that are more like that caters more to your religion and stuff, you know? And I feel like sometimes, yes, even though that could help, sometimes that could also stray away from you really getting to the root of the problem which is your mental health you know and seeking help being able to talk about your feelings um having others support you without just going straight to be doing a ritual or just you know what i mean things like that yeah and sometimes it's also just doesn't matter to you as a person right because sometimes you're doing it because oh they told me to do it and it's supposed to help me or it will make them feel better instead of like how do i feel about religion because some religion i mean it's just based on the person it might help them heal and with some it's just like they start questioning it so just going off to i feel like not everyone has the tools in their toolbox to talk about their own mental health some people are always like how do i go on and have conversations with people right or it's kind of like sometimes you've just been in such a huge cycle within yourself for so long that it starts to become the norm for you yeah where you don't actually know that it is actually a problem or like you don't know 
why you feel the way you feel right yeah and then you also aren't surrounded by people that talk about Mm -hmm. it so that changes everything when you start realizing or you hang out with a different group of people and you're like oh they actually talk a lot about mental health and it makes you more aware of it it mm-hmm. it becomes it's like a different world mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely especially if you don't surround yourself with people who are open to having those conversations or um, are supportive of you and your mental health and they really they, they genuinely care about your well-being it's going to be hard you know it's going to be hard to kind of unpack things by yourself as well and that's why i feel like it's also so important that if you don't have that kind of support system to try to start building that support system for you, um, and if that's a little bit harder, then maybe start off first with therapy. Um, because I feel like that's always easier to access and obtain than building a community right away for you, finding like good support people for you right away. Yeah. You know? And I think we live in a generation or a like, it's just, it's been really nice to see how mental health is now compared to a couple of years ago and you know now that we have the internet you know it's also good to be able to if you want to do your own research and there's you know youtube video free it's free and like you get to kind of understand mental health more and you know that kind of helps out too just being able to kind of do your own research. I realize like a part of the the question it goes with mental health and or therapy and so I feel like therapy along with mental health is such a taboo subject is because like not only is it what we all touch base on but I feel like a lot of people view therapy as like a kind of like a one-time one-time hit wonder thing where it's like you'll find your the right therapist for you right away like you and I mentioned it's like dating you know (laughs) it's like you're not gonna find some people are lucky they happen to find, you know, a therapist they really like and connect with the first time. And some people, you have to continuously go through different therapists to see which one is fit for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's a great analogy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, with therapy, it's, it's still very, like, it's a to- taboo topic, but it's also just something where you don't just go there, like, maybe just because you need help, but also whether that's just to uh, make yourself better or how to just cope with your emotion or just understand yourself better. That's also another reason to go to therapy too. Yeah, like I feel like people think that you go to therapy because you have all these issues. A lot of people go to therapy for different reasons and therapy is just, it's not just for people with issues or you know whatever it is that's going on it's like people go just to even talk about the success and the achievements that they have hit in life people go and talk about like jobs you know talk about like how they feel about in their workplace people go to therapy for so many reasons it's not just because you shouldn't only have to have an issue to go to therapy therapy is so beneficial in so many ways and it's not to fix you it's to like we both talked before it's like is to help give you ideas, you know, how to solve your issues. Yeah. Um, Understand yourself better mm-hmm. and learn how to, or, or sometimes, you know, like it's just a soundboard. Sometimes you just want to go there and kind of hear yourself, but talk to someone about it and not someone you know. 
The thing about therapy too is that you shouldn't only rely on therapy to do all the work for you. Therapy is just part of it. Like you still have to do work outside of therapy. Um, so there is so there are two follow-up questions. So we just broke the questions um into parts to make it shorter so that we will remember the question. Um, but the next follow-up question is what are some issues you have seen regarding mental health in the Asian or Hmong community? I would say like suicide rates to also um I guess you can say generational trauma, right? To also, let's see, uh, there was one that I had and now I can't think of it right now. That's How okay. about you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. A rise in suicide rates, definitely, definitely generational trauma and like a lot of youth running away from home. Um, also, a lot of, a lot of murders, yeah, you know, especially true. yeah within the Hmong community that we have seen just a lot of like murders that occurs and the the rise in suicide rates is uh it's just really heartbreaking yeah. you know and it, and it just goes to show that we have so much work to do breaking the stigmas around mental health and reaching out more to our asian communities and to basically have more of these conversations so that people will feel safe to come out um that they don't have to feel like they have to go through this all alone what happens a lot, I feel like in the Hmong community, a lot of parents threaten their children with, I'm going to disown you. Like if you do something out of what they don't want, you're no longer my son or daughter. Or it's like you bring shame to the family. And I will shame you for it. Yeah, and right? it's like you don't belong in this family. Unfortunately, a lot of like Asian or Hmong communities really about reputation and just about who they are as a family mm -hmm. or what they've built so far and so they don't want you to ruin it quote-unquote ruin it it's, it's stupid and with like the generational trauma too is just like we as children have to stop the generational trauma and do the unpacking to break the cycle it's really tough you know it's hard especially when you are still dealing with your parents when you're still dealing with relatives like your elders having that continuous behavior that toxic behavior and it's like that's why a lot of people end up just cutting out their families going off of that too our follow-up question here um is what can we do specifically as Hmong individual Hmong women and Hmong men to promote a more healthy and accepting mindset um just what we were touching base on earlier is like have more conversations, you know, normalize mental health issues in our community, support and encourage each other. I feel like the number one thing that I feel like I, I see a lot in our Hmong community is that we're so reluctant to support each other sometimes. And, and it sucks. I feel like it shouldn't be like that. Um, just surround yourself with people who are supportive, who can have these conversations with you, who can encourage you to seek help, you know, or just to have conversations with them. Um, educating each other, educating each other and having more conversations so that people can be more aware of that it's okay to talk about mental health or it's okay to go seek help and or just even understanding that, hey, what you're going through is not normal. Like, girl, yeah. you know, it's like what you think is normal is not normal it's like, not okay yeah yeah and so just having those conversations having more conversations is what i mean yeah and i think just being like a being open about it and it's gonna be hard just because you know there are a lot of people out there 
like we talked about that is not open to it but i think also allowing yourself to not be judgmental Mm -hmm. and i also feel like it's so important to listen genuinely listen to people not only listen to people but listening to yourself when someone comes to you and they have an issue like really just listen you know because oftentimes that's what like most people want is just for someone to hear them out because either they don't have that kind of support system or that it is really such a big issue for them that they need someone to listen and also what i mean by listening to yourself is being able to just take a step back or take a break from life and be like okay so i've been feeling like shit what is the root of it what can i do what about it is stressing me out you know and maybe you can write it down if you need to what do i need to do to feel better about this or how can i solve this you know listening to yourself is really important and um it is honestly the best thing that you can do for your own mental health in order to help yourself what about you Kind of like going off my own experience, I think even with college, I wasn't aware of mental health until probably after Korea when I actually met you and Kim and all the other uh, people in college where you guys talked about mental health a lot. And I think that was probably the first time I was aware of like, oh, how I feel the way I feel. And I think it's really important for people to realize how it matters on who you hang out with and also kind of like you know going to therapy i don't talk about therapy with everyone i see but just with specific people that i know i can go to and i think that's also important because you may be talking to all these other people and they're just judging you for it you're not going to be comfortable to even talk about it or even go to it so it is very important to surround yourself with people that you do trust and also um, pick and choose who you want to tell things to because that's going to affect your mental health i agree with you because i feel like the people that you surround yourself with are the the people who you would want to uplift you and not shame you for you know because you're already going through so much and the la- the last thing that you would want is to continuously have people in your life who brings you down and that has an effect on your mental health you yeah. know and because it's just kind of like even some friends that i have like some of their friends like when they tell me about how they treat each other i'm just like how the fuck you know i'm like are you sure that's your friend it's sad right it's It's like girl are you sure and so the thing is with surrounding yourself you need to have um higher standards for friends you know like because like we always talk about like having standards for like relationships and stuff like that but friends are important too like why would you want to surround yourself with people who treat you like shit sorry if that sounds rough but it's just the reality because it's It's the truth mm -hmm, It's it's the truth and and I know that it's it's harder for some people who don't have that support system. But maybe try with like your coworkers, right? People at work, you know, yeah. maybe try to build those relationships with people at work. Or, you know, there's social media is like so like it's crazy how advanced it is now. But there are so many groups on um, Facebook that you can join with people who have similar interests as you. And even through there, you can establish friendships, right? Um, a Bumble friends. Um, there's just so many ways that you can connect with people who have the same views as you and who can be of a support system to you. So don't think that you are 
limited to only what is physically there for you and yeah and this is just you know just for anyone who's also listening that you are not alone and you know you matter and so um we are gonna go ahead here too we're gonna list some resource uh, whether that's on instagram or wherever we are posting which is like spotify any platform like itunes um for anyone who is just seeking help or just kind of maybe wanting to just look at these resources for other people or just for yourself so just kind of want you guys to be aware of that too so going off with our next question it is have you ever had imposter syndrome if so how have you dealt with it i've had moments where i've been successful or achieved something like a promotion or praise for my work but i felt like i didn't deserve it or downplayed my accomplishments i have a nice support system around me but there's always that little voice in the back of my mind that can make it feel like i don't belong where i am and sometimes i feel like it might be right for some of us that you know may not know what um imposter syndrome is Imposter syndrome can come in so many ways and in so many different forms. So it can be different for everyone. But um, for me, in my opinion, like I feel like the general basis of what um, imposter syndrome is, it's like it's like in a feeling deep inside, you know, like an internal feeling of like self-doubt, um, fear that, you know, you won't live like that you actually don't live up to the expectations that, you know, someone may have had of you, you know, like, and it can also be like, you know, you're just overachieving or you're kind of like self-sabotaging yourself. And so that can also be like getting a new job or like losing your job every single time because you continuously do that to yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and not believing that you are, imposter syndrome too, to me is like not believing that you may not actually have the skills that you thought you did for the job and feeling like you don't belong there because you're doubting yourself and your skills and everything and it's it's also like if you did achieve something it's like maybe oh maybe i was just like lucky or you know kind of downplaying like what you actually like something great that you actually did yeah imposter syndrome sucks ass for you who like ask this question i feel you because it is a fucking pain in the ass there's just so many things that goes into imposter syndrome that like you will feel like you just have like a shit ton of anxiety and then it can lead to depression and so many other issues um have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome this is my first time hearing about it yeah, no, so that's okay. I, I think for me i'm just like oh i didn't know that yeah yeah definitely so my face is more like oh this is interesting i know yeah <laughs> you know like when i first like saw this question i was like really taken aback because i just had this conversation with a friend and so when i read it i'm like what like are they reading my mind you know like this is <laughs> someone so, listening to yeah, you is this the Truman you know <laughs> <laughs> i really felt like that it, it just hit home and like so for me personally i've had had imposter syndrome and to be completely honest i feel like even though i have like felt better i feel like there are some moments where i still backtrack so i just started my new job like two months ago and is it only that yeah wow it feels like a long time but it's just you know how it goes yeah i just started my job like two months ago and i've had i was going through it for those like for especially that first month and a half i was just feeling like like shit 
you know because it's like and that's the job that i've been wanting for forever right but then like after i got it i was really excited for the first week or so and then things started kicking in right where i started doubting myself you know because i think it's because i wanted that job for so long that i started to have these like really high high expectations for myself and where like i started doubting my expertise because i ended up um comparing myself to my other colleagues where they're so like they have all these experiences so much experience. right yeah. and they just like I was like, wow, like you're fucking amazing, right? And so I started unknowingly like kind of um, doubting myself and like my expertise and my skills and just felt like I was really out of place. It was like, it was really bad because then like, I feel like my anxiety didn't let me do the job that I needed to do. I was just not work for a period of time or I would like procrastinate and once it hits 4 30 I'm like I'm fucking out <laughs> <laughs> once it hit 4 30 I'm like I'm out the fucking door like it started becoming something where I dreaded going to work because of how I felt right so even though I loved the fact that I got a job that I've been wanting for so long when I started developing that imposter syndrome like I was just like I don't think I want this anymore yeah you know like oh, that yeah. makes me sad yeah. this is my first time hearing about yeah. it but i i didn't i i didn't know that like mm-hmm. right before you even apply you're like should i and i was yeah. like girl go do it like who cares like you get the experience and then you got it and yeah. you're like oh my god yeah i was really i was really happy yeah but she wasn't gonna apply <laughs> she was not gonna apply i was like just yeah. do it damn it i think um it but then after having um a conversation with a friend that also like dealt with imposter syndrome like it really helped me it was just really nice to talk with someone who has felt like that and just to be able to kind of reassure you like hey you know like you're not alone and this happens often and it needs to be talked about more and so he he said one thing to me where he was just like you know you were chosen for this job for a reason and if you are dealing with imposter syndrome right now for anyone who's listening it's like you know just be able to take a step back and like really be kind to yourself and just really like tell yourself like hey you know like you did get this job for a reason and for the one who asked the question like you know you did succeed and you did have a promotion or praise for your work for a reason and it's because you do have the skills and you you do deserve to be there i feel like it really just goes back to um allowing us to feel how we feel process it in um, allow yourself to feel but then also make sure that you also do the work of acknowledging the fact that you do deserve to be there you have all the skills and there's a reason why they hired you or there's a reason why they gave you a promotion a raise there's a reason why you've accomplished so much to be where you are it also depends on your your work culture right so the people who works with you and you said you have a nice support system. So I wonder if you've like talked with anyone about it at work, um, any of your colleagues or your supervisor, if you're comfortable enough to just kind of like maybe open up to them and talk about how you've been feeling and um, see if there's any way that they can help you navigate through that. Um, sometimes that's really helpful too because when I was talking with my friend, he was also telling me like, you know, like I think it'd be a good idea if you bring it up to your your colleagues or your supervisor. And so um, because I think with imposter syndrome, too, when I was like definitely going through it, I did not want to talk with anyone like I was I didn't want to like socialize with anyone. I was just like really closing people out. I've been like really good with just like putting my walls down because of how I feel about my position and my role to really open up to my coworkers because honestly they're just so they're so nice too and I know that I can go to them it's just whether I'm willing to allow myself to or not it's really tough and it's really hard but you know just 
be kind to yourself and allow yourself to um, maybe open up to your colleagues or supervisors um, and if you choose not to do that that's okay too but maybe make sure to do that work within yourself because if you don't you're gonna end up quitting that job or you're gonna end up um, continuously putting yourself in a situation where it's going to hurt you and in the case that if it was your work culture and like um the people that you work with your boss that was treating you like shit yeah you need to get the fuck out right but in the case where every like you know you're surrounding you have a really supportive environment and everything just know that you know acknowledge the fact that you know you are smart you are really you are really good at you what you do just acknowledging that and every day is not going to feel like that but what matters is that you are working on believing yourself like more and more every day because um it, it can it can get bad you know it can lead to like depression i'm glad i was just able to talk with someone and i feel much better so um i hope you you know figure out a way to help yourself feel a little bit better because it's just very important to really just be kind to yourself during the times that you do feel like that well thank you for sharing mel and thank you for the person who did send this to it really like educate me as a person to also know what imposter syndrome is because I did not know anything. And so um, I am very sorry to hear that you are going through that. And I hope you can get past it or find ways to kind of just have this podcast help you out. Um, so okay, our next question here is have you guys ever dealt with body dysmorphia and the various mental health issue that comes along with it? If you have, why do you think you did? Did it lead to more severe issues? Are you struggling today? Or have you made peace? Um, so the second part to is just saying, why do you two as women believe that it is hard for men to admit to such mental health issues, especially with issues pertaining to their body image? For instance, I dealt with body dysmorphia for years, even to this day. I'm obsessively analyzing and dissecting my body every time I see myself and it led to an eating disorder for a few years. As a man, it was definitely odd to admit that I dealt with an eating disorder. Thank you for sharing that. It's definitely not easy at all. And just for those of you who may not know what body dysmorphia is, gosh, just like imposter syndrome, it just comes in so many ways and it's just so complex. But it is like a mental health disorder that you cannot stop thinking about a certain part of your body or even like multiple parts of your body of your appearance it's like flaws that you pick out that you think is you know like too big or you know whether you think you're too big or too skinny or that a certain part of you is like ugly it's very serious because it can lead to you know like suicide ideations for some people increased anxiety like eating disorders depression and everything and so have you guys ever dealt with body dysmorphia? I think I've always wore like a lot of layers just because for me, I was never really comfortable in my body. I think I did not realize that until I got to college. And then I was like, oh, wow, like they can dress however they are with whatever body they want. And I was over here like wearing layers or like it was always like, I mean, even now I still struggle with it where like we go out, I'll wear something, but I always wear something on top <laughs> because it just makes me feel better. But that's probably like something that I struggle with. Probably like with eating now, like we're talking about now, I feel better about it just because I'm educating myself about food and nutrition and like working out. But before, I mean, I would just tell myself to eat once a day because then I can lose weight 
and then you know it's a whole cycle of like you are skinnier now because you don't eat that much but then you feel shitty but then also at the same time you know you fluctuate a lot because then later you're gonna gain weight and i think for me i probably struggle with that since like really young and like probably like middle school where you know you kind of fluctuate here and there because every time someone says or like i mean i i come from a family and like a lot of like asian parents they don't mind or asian family they don't mind saying that you're fat so i struggle with that where you know like you would you know go to events and so like when we go to events i just wouldn't dress up like it was just better that way and so because of that just mindset it's just like being able to or not being able to but just like oh let me just eat once a day because then i don't have to worry about getting fat but then once you do that it's just like i don't know it's just an after effect and i didn't really understand the concept of that struggle until probably after college Mm. or i mean during college where then i worked out and then i realized like oh eating is good for you and just learning a lot about nutrition and working out and being proud of your body yeah i definitely agree with you it's like yeah body dysmorphia is like it's just so it affects so many people too you know and it's like when you're able to like like take a step back and really listen to your body and like listening to how you talk to yourself and how you continuously like look in the mirror or look at grab different parts of your body that you don't like you know and just kind of it's it's sad you know i mean just even talk about it because it's like yeah i've had dealt with like body dysmorphia at a very young age too it started like um very young for me and at a very young age like i was always told by my relatives and you know like um my parents are just like yeah you're fat you know, like you're fat, yeah. like you should not eat as much um, so that you can be skinny and pretty like other girls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Comparison. Yeah, it they happens. always compare you, right? And then not only that, but it's like, and then if you don't eat, they yell at you and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like, why aren't you eating anymore? Like, mm-hmm. because you call me fat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I dealt with it at a very young age, which led to an eating disorder. I was anorexic for like like a few years. And I've always just like, like, I thought I was slick about it. <laughs> you know, because like when you're going through it, you, you, you're such in a dark place where you really think that only you know what's going on, right? Yeah. But I knew other people knew. And I just didn't want to admit to it at the time. You know, I was very young. I was like in middle school. It's sad. Like I was so young, you know, just think about it now. Like it makes me sad right because it's just like i don't feel like anyone that young should ever have to go through it anyone in general yeah you know but it did lead to a lot of mental health issues too because like it's how i felt about myself and i internalized a lot of things and it led to um depression like i when that happened at that time like i wanted like i had suicide ideations um not only that because it was like eating disorder and like how i felt about myself on top of like a lot of other issues that were going on in my life at the time and so everything combined together was just not good you know it was like i was in just like a very bad place but overwhelming yeah definitely and so what is it it wasn't until like let me see like high school where i really i was like fed up with it like i don't know what happened but then it just like something just like i was just fed up with it and i was just like why the fuck should i care about what other people think or why the fuck am i like doing things for to look good for other people like i want to look good for me you know like because at the end of the day like those people are not going to be there for you you know like it's it's not all about just um your outer appearance you know and like i think when i was able to just like have that reality of reality moment for myself where i just like 
this is about you and not other people. And in order for you to stop feeling like how you feel about yourself, like until then, like you're going to continuously just have these thoughts, right? That that was like my kind of conversation to myself. And so like I've definitely like made peace with it today, you know, like when I realized in high school and everything, it like started like a whole different journey and I started like this really deep like self-love journey for myself because it was really then about me and not other people where it was really like yeah I'm gonna work out and I'm going to look like this no matter how I look because at the end of the day I still feel good deep inside you know and so I started like shifting the thought where it's like you can't look good on the outside if you don't feel good on the inside which is really true like it makes a big difference mm -hmm. like your mental health and how you feel about yourself inside makes a huge difference because it's like if you don't feel good inside first no matter what you do lose weight gain weight um get this part of you like get rid of something on you if you don't feel good inside first then whatever you do on the outside will still always be a fucking issue the reality of it that's the reality of it you know it's just a cycle it yeah really is. exactly because when I had that eating disorder and I lost all that fucking weight in middle school, even when I got really, really, really fucking skinny, I was still having issues because I was not happy within. And that's why, like, it just clicked to me when I had that reality mo moment where it's just like, I'm so not fucking happy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm still not okay with how I look. And so... I've just like definitely made a lot of peace with it. But, you know, for those of you who still deal with it, you know, take it one step at a time. You know, it's it's like a journey. And I think what matters the most is that when you feel like how you feel about when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't like something, let that come. But then also make sure that it doesn't stay. Make sure you you don't let it like torture you or like get obsessed with the thought like allow yourself to also just be kind and be like you know what kind of make peace with it day by day and maybe just recognizing what about it that bothers you or what are some things that you can do to make yourself feel better genuinely for yourself the next the, the follow-up question says why do you too as women believe that it is hard for men to admit to such mental health issues especially with issues pertaining to their body image i think a big part of it is like how society see men right um just kind of like like men, toxic ma masculinity yeah like yeah. you aren't you're not tough if you're emotional or sensitive or men don't cry at such a young age that's like something that's been said right don't cry yeah that would be one i guess you can say yeah like like you said like the societal standards that are set for men and toxic masculinity like you know it makes a lot of men suppress their emotions like you said it's like you you can only be tough like you know you should only look strong you know like any any emotional feelings that you have is a sign of weakness you know you have to be tough mentally and physically and i feel like because of all those things it really it's it makes it really hard for men to come out and have conversations and then it also doesn't help with like the society standards where it's also like where then i feel like not only men think that they should feel like that because of like society standards but then i feel like women starts putting that expectation on men too where it's oh, yeah. like i know some girls who are like no i want my man to do everything like my man like you're crying why the fuck are you crying like you should be doing this and this and this you know yeah 
yeah or like you shouldn't be talking about this like yeah. that's weird like yeah. yeah it's like you have like insecurities with your body i thought only girls do you yeah. know and, and it's so fucked so up yeah it's bad and it's so fucked up and it's like men and women you know we all have these issues we're all human and we need to break down the stigmas and we need to stop looking at societal standards that are set for men and women that's why there's like so many also suicidal rates within men i just feel like that's why it's like hard to admit such mental health issues especially with issues pertaining to your body image because you're supposed to look a certain way you know you're supposed to be buff and have muscles and let's say if you don't have any and you're skinny like you're more viewed as feminine or something and it's just so messed up or like how you're dressed Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah and i feel like in america it's even more well from my experience just because i've gone to study abroad like america is more of like the macho manly you don't dress in trench coat like it's just very different because then you know like you go to college and then you see people that are maybe like guys that dress up a little bit more and other guys are just like why it's like like is he gay and it's just like why does he have to be gay to dress nice yeah, like, or why dress in that assuming, way right yeah so like, it's, it's very different they dress how they want to dress you dress like how you want to dress you know like i feel like that's why and i could see why it's like really hard for men to be able to come out and talk about not only their mental health issues but if they do feel insecure about their bodies again there needs to be more conversations and um more of a like an accepting society of the fact that men do have issues with their bodies too body dysmorphia like it's so complex and it's it's just there's just so many layers and depths to it and you know i feel like it's really good to just share your feelings with people that you love and just try to have them to support you in any way if you are dealing with it you know and also like if you feel like maybe you need to seek professional help know that that's okay as well you know if that's the route that you do want to go and remembering to you know be kind to yourself and take it one step at a time yeah it's definitely just like very important to kind of see or like kind of i don't know like you know like it comes in all shape and size where you know you see people that like are always working out or like people that are just struggling they're like well i'm working all the time that doesn't mean anything and it could mean something too so our next question that someone asked us is what is a healthy intimate relationship and how to maintain it For me, a healthy, intimate relationship is having good communication, which is just kind of like being able to talk. uh, That's being either emotionally available or being vulnerable, um, being honest with each other, being able to talk, cry, laugh and open up. Also, kind of like maybe, you know, when you have conversation to be able to take accountability and also respect is a very big one. And it's just not about like i have power over you or like i can control you it's like there's this equality i guess you can say a healthy intimate relationship can mean so like different for for everyone but just in just for me it's like also like being able to listen because i know sometimes like some people they they actually don't listen they listen to respond yeah you know but it's kind of like do you understand what i'm actually really trying to say um what also makes a healthy intimate relationship is um setting boundaries i feel like no matter on what kind of relationship you have with someone it's really healthy to just set boundaries so that you both know what you shouldn't like cross and what you shouldn't do you know and that has to do with the respect besides just and and also like 
I really agree with you with the taking accountability because it's really important to understand when maybe you have done something or acknowledging that you are a certain way you know what i mean or that you have done something and just being able to be honest and vulnerable and take like responsibility or accountability is very important in a healthy intimate relationship i feel like making time for each other um, especially if you don't see your significant other a lot and just like being able to distinguish like yeah you know we need to spend some quality time together um besides the communication because communication is huge and i feel like you have to really learn each other's communication styles and how to work on that and find a middle ground um, so that in any situation whether it's arguments or whatever it is that you're able to really understand how one another may react you know someone may want to solve the issue right away and someone may need some more time you know so just being able to really understand that but I think also just like with fighting too, right? It's kind of like sometimes depending on the person. Fighting or arguments. Fighting. Fighting. Or, or not, not like. I was like, shit, about, girl. Okay, girl. Like not like punching. <laughs> That's, you need to get out. <laughs> but like just having an argument, right? It's like you need some people, they need that. Like, like that. Like, I don't know, like a reminder, like, hey, I love you but I am mad and I need space because Mm. some people are like, no, this is, we're done already, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like kind of having like what you said, that communication and also just like not sweeping things under the rug. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And even with like how to maintain it is constantly having like effective communication. You know, I feel like it's really important to be open to change as well because we as individuals, even in our relationships, we are always like evolving and we need to be open to that so just because you may think you know your partner so well you know people are always evolving and just being able to be open to that and accept them as they are continuously evolving in your relationship because i feel like sometimes people go through like a denial of like why the fuck are you all of a sudden like this you know what i mean yeah and it depends if it's bad then okay you can have a conversation but if it's just something where you know they were working on themselves to improve you you have to accept them for who they are you know as much as because you are also evolving as an individual and you can't put that double standard on someone i think it's it's a reminder for people because sometimes they've been in a relationship and they they think that because they know each other so well for so long that people can't change and sometimes maybe that day they had a conversation and they changed their mind Mm -hmm. about something specific and sometimes i think people just forget that hey you know just because you live together you know each other very well like things can change along the way because we're human and you know we're bound to make different decisions yeah and like you said like you can pick up on our conversation with someone and learn something about yourself or about something and then have a different perspective on it yeah and it's very important for like your significant other to be able to be like oh okay yeah okay cool it's it's like a reminder to also for people too in general like you may have a specific mindset yesterday and today you change your mind about it. And like, it's okay to change your mind. And because it's okay to change your mind, it's okay for them to also have their own perspective and whatever you thought that they wanted, maybe they don't want. Yeah. It's really, um, it's just really good. Like you said, to just acknowledge that. Yeah. What you have thought about how how you have perceived things yesterday or two days ago or a year ago could be very, very different from how you continue to perceive things maybe the next day or in a week. Um, you know, everyone is on their 
on their own journey, their own timeline of, you know, evolving as individuals. And I feel like we all need to be more forgiving of that. Yeah. And it comes with communication, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what changed your mind about that? Yeah. Instead of like, wait, no, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I thought you were like this. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And this is not only like, and I feel like it's just, that's why it's good to just have really open communication. Because the thing we need to realize too, with like relationships, whether that's with, um, you know, significant others, like friends and family, is that as we get older and we evolve more and more as individuals, it is very possible that our values will no longer align with each other. And as bittersweet as that is, sometimes we will end up going our separate ways or we will end up putting more boundaries in place. Our next question is going to be about zodiac signs. So I'm just going to pull... What is their zodiac sign? I'm a Pisces. You're Pisces. Oh my gosh. So I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, and what are I'm you? <laughs> I am a Gemini. Mary and I, we're both not like into zodiac signs. We're not about like, and if you are, that's okay. Yeah. But like just me personally, I don't really like believe in that stuff or I'm not all about it. Like I'm, I don't base off who you completely are by your zodiac sign because we're all so different. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we should have like, just my opinion, I don't think we should have a general basis of who you are as an individual just because of your zodiac sign. Yeah. I mean, I like I read them from time to time and it's fun to read them. And you know, on the good day, where it's telling you good things i'm like yeah that's me but you know i i have friends that are also pisces and like they'll be like oh my gosh this is so me and i'm over here like but i'm the opposite of you (laughs) yeah because like yeah like you're the same people that have the same zodiac signs as you sometimes you are actually the opposite of them yeah so for me i'm like uh i don't know how i feel well you know horoscope that much but i think it's just funny because they'll be like oh my god this is so pisces and i'm over here like uh Nah. <laughs> uh, i don't know how i feel but i'm not like, gonna say anything like what does that mean like what does that mean um so what what is um what does yours say okay did you so, pull it up yep i have it pull up um let's see here i just have here so i just went on the astrology zodiac sign that's when you know we don't <laughs> website <laughs> i don't really know it by heart this i'm just looking at strength it just says compassionate artistic intuitive gentle wise yes musical (laughs) eh. (laughs) weakness fearful overly trusting sad desire to escape reality um and then it says pisces like to be alone they like to sleep that's true music romance visual media swimming can't swim spiritual themes and then i dislike know-it-all being criticized the past coming back to haunt cruelty of any kind who the fuck think of these things? I mean, okay, not like like that, but I'm like, I'm wondering who, like, just, do they do like a study or something? Like, that's interesting. Like, just to be like, yeah, you're all like, majority of you are like this. That's interesting. What about for Gemini? Gemini. So let's go ahead and read Gemini here. Strength is gentle, affectionate, curious, adaptable, ability to learn quickly and exchange ideas. Weakness, nervous, inconsistent and decisive gemini likes music book magazine chats with nearly anyone short trips around the town gemini dislike being alone being confined repetition and routine i really give credit and props to people who can like really keep up with this and work like remember everything though yeah i'm like wow that's some a, people really love this stuff. like damn that's a talent in itself yeah <laughs> 
um, that goes to wrap our episode. Thank you so much to those who submitted questions for us. We just really appreciate you taking the time to submit a question. Uh, we appreciate your vulnerability and just being able to just share what's going on. And if you have any more questions or even topics that you want us to touch on, DM us or email us. And we will see you in our next episode. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.